It's such an honor to be here, to share the word of God uh, with everyone here. And also, I'm so excited to start, it, uh, to start the six-week uh, Kindred, uh, kindred uh, series. So I, I enjoy the worship here. So I, I think this is a taste of the heavenly worship. We have a different culture, different style, but we all worship the same God. This is make us so excited. This is the meaning of the kindred community. So from this week, we have six weeks, three church gather together. We learn the word of God together. We fellowship together. We serve together. And by the Last Sunday, we celebrate together. So this is a special blessing, and this is an opportunity to lead our kindred vision uh, to go deeper. So just like uh, what George said in the video, so two years ago, in the summer of 2016, uh, I met Pastor George in a coffee shop in the new district. I still remember it clearly. Uh, by that time, George was uh, heartbroken with uh, what happening in several places all over the country. It was uh, 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 a moment. It feel like the society, where our society is tearing up. So, Pastor George realized that we, the church, should stand up to be a testimony of, our, of the uni unity. That is where the kindred vision came from. I have shared what we have been doing in the past two years with the three church uh, to some of my friends. They are Christian leaders in other cities. You know what they told me? They want to do the same. They said, uh, we should do it. Yes. They said, we should do it in many cities. This is uh, what Christians should do. However, what it is uh, important is not about the smart, how smart is this idea. It is about how God leads us. Vision means a leading from above. And God must have something to teach us with it. Now, here comes the six-week series. Pastor George has worked out this series from Apostle Paul's letter to Ephesians called Speaking the Truth in Love. He gave the subtitle as uh, uh, Embodying a New Humanity in a Dividing World. And it teaches us the truth of unity. I read the plan carefully and believe this is a timely message from the Holy Spirit. This is an important lesson that God gave to us to learn and to practice. And this is an opportunity that God offers us to go deeper with our kindred vision. Today is the beginning Sunday, but my message 
is not the first one of the series because we arranged the speakers all over from all the three churches. So, and the three churches started the, the series at the same time. Uh, so we have to compromise the preaching order. Fortunately, in the small group Bible, stud, Bible study, we can follow the right order. So the very first message is from the fourth chapter of Ephesians, because that is the theme of the letter and also the theme of this series. The message I'm preaching now is the second message in the right order, but it is from the first chapter. Let me read you this passage in the New International Version. It's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 through 10. Let me read the word of God. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. In our accordance with the riches of God's grace that he, le uh, he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his, uh, his good pleasure which he proposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. How wonderful is the, how precious is the word. What did the Apostle Paul talk about here? Within the context, he talked about the spiritual blessings that God gives the Christian through Jesus Christ. And one of the blessings is the mysterious truth of unity. The lesson we must learn today is what does this truth mean to us? From the scripture, I just read the four verses. I have found three meanings from the truth of unity. The first one is to understand the mysterious truth. The second is to practice the hard truth. It is a hard truth. And the third meaning, to live out the beloved truth. Let's talk with the first one, the first meaning, to understand the mysterious truth. In the verse 9, Apostle Paul says, he made known to us the mystery of his will. He made known means he reveals and he wants us to understand. Understand what? His will, God's will. In some translation like New American Standard Bible, the phrase in last words, in all wisdom and insight, or in all wisdom and understanding, was used to modify his will, God's will. His will is not a common thought because it is in all God's wisdom and insight. That's why Paul called it as a mystery. 
God wants us to understand why His will is a mysterious truth. And this is our lesson one for today. God reveals us His plan in the entire Bible. The British theologian Dr. Christopher Wright discovered God's mission was the main theme of the Bible, which comprised three steps. First one, God's election. Second, life transformation. And the third, blessing nations. Blessing nations, all the nations. Actually, this is God's plan with human's history. Election means God choose. And this is the first uh, the starting point of his mission. Election usually with one nation. God started his salvation work with choosing Abraham, his servant, and make his descendants a nation. But the final goal of God in God's mind from the very beginning is nations. And this word in Chinese translation is 10,000 nations. Even starts with one nation, he was thinking of 10,000 nations. That's the final goal. He changed his chosen uh, servant, uh, Abraham's name, from uh, Abraham to Abraham. Why change the name? The Hebrew word of Abraham means father of multiple nations. Election is his working method, and he wants to save the nations and brings all nations into unity in his ultimate goal. This is his ultimate goal. Even before he chose Abraham, it was another similar process. He made one person, Adam, and de developed it into one nation. But when people gathered to build the Tower of Babel against God, he confounded people's language and made them into nations. However, his final goal is to bring all of them together and one head. We have noticed it was a sin to bring us into different races. That's the beginning. God has, has been dealing with this problem. And finally, he will bring all nations into one, into one again with his salvation work. If we understand his plan, it brings us a new understanding of the issue of races. The salvation work of God is the work of reconciliation through the blood of Jesus Christ. So our practice is to receive the salvation grace through faith and exercise the reconciliation work with the blood of Christ, which is a lesson of love. 
Just like Dr. John Perkins said in his, his book, One Blood, he, he mean God, created only one race, the human race. There is no racial reconciliation, but multi-ethnic reconciliation. He also called it biblical reconciliation or unity. Dr. Perkins said, Biblical reconciliation is the removal of the tension between parties and the restore, uh, restoration of loving relationship. Verse 9 also tells us the mystery of God's will is according to his good pleasure or his kind intention. And God's, God has uh, proposed it in Christ. Here, is a clearly here it clearly teaches us that the unity is God's plan and the goal. So now we understand why Apostle Paul called it a mystery. Because it is God's ultimate goal and purpose. It is so important to God. If it is important to him. So uh, it is also important to us. This is the first lesson today we learned from Ephesians chapter 1. Let's move to the second meaning to practice the hard truth. We know the unity of all things in heaven and on earth is the ultimate goal of God. But when God, when God will put it into effect, verse 10 tells us that God will make it when the times will have reached their fulfillment. That will be the final stage of his salvation work. The fullness of time is the time about everlasting or eternal. It is in the future, but now, but how <clears throat> about now? God's reveal of the truth of unity indicates we need to practice the lesson of unity from now on. This is the second lesson we shall learn today. The practice, uh, to practice the, the truth of unity is not an easy work. Why is it so difficult? Because we have to face the reality. And some people call it the hard truth. We have racial problems. And we may call it multi-ethnic problems, according to Dr. Perkins. People look different, talk different, are from different places and with different cultural backgrounds, especially in the United States, this is a special training ground and exercise ground. All problems are with their history. Racial problem is not just the problem, <coughs> the problem of black and white. With the trade war, we may be quickly tested by the Chinese-American relationship 
it may be very, very soon. In the very beginning of our kindred project, some people in my church asked me, and they said, we don't know much about the racial problem, and we are neither white nor black. Should we join the kindred project? My answer is like this. The kindred vision is not just about the black and white issue. It is an issue about reconciliation. We all need to learn how to reconciliate with people who are different to us, who, are, who have historical or current issue with us, so that we could be able to bless all nations. This is an assi uh, assignment that is assigned by God to his people. So our lesson is not just about the ethnic issues. Also, it is a political issue. Different political parties have different goals and methodologies. And every party takes so much energy to push on their agendas. That caused the problem. And we are experiencing it even right now. Do you realize this is our reconciliation lesson too? And also family problems. Even within one family, and it is literally one blood and under one roof, we have problems. Husband and wife, parents and children, the in-laws relationship, etc. Some problems are caused by the differences between us, but others may be because we are too close. With so, so much problem, we have to face that we are living in a chaotic world. We are, we are in suffering. Life is full of problems. Why God allows us to live in a chaotic world. Yes, he wants us to practice the truth of unity. That's the goal. If we don't need to practice, by the day when we got saved, he could call us home. He has a purpose to leave us on earth. And the earth is a training ground. The deeper truth we need to learn from the six-week series actually is not only the multi-ethnic reconciliation, but also reconciliation of all issues and problems in our life. In the book of Ephesians, Apostle Paul did not stop by teaching us that Christ has destroyed the dividing wall between the Jews and the Gentiles. He was further to teach the truth of unity even within the church of Ephesus. We have problems with many relations because we are sinners. That's why Dr. Perkins said the biblical reconciliation is the removal of tensions between parties and 
the restoration of loving relationship. And this is the second lesson we need to learn from today's passage. And the third, the third meaning is to leave out the beloved truth. To leave out the beloved truth. Why are we suffering sometimes even miserable? Because our life facing so many problems. And because we have nothing to do with the problems sometimes. We can't solve it because we are sinners. Our hope is our God. Many of us have learned this lesson. Paul told us in another letter that I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Jesus came to deliver us from our miserable situation. He paid the price. That's why Paul started his teaching of the mysterious truth with the salvation. And he said in the verse 7, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. The salvation is not just a cultural thing. It is real that we can fully depend on with our faith. How deep our suffering is and how abundant his grace would be. That is called redemption. And our Savior, Savior is so generous that he lavished his abundance grace on us. Have you ever tried to depend on God when you are in the deep suffering and realized you could not solve it yourself? This is the third lesson we want to learn today. And it is a lesson to live out the beloved truth. Why is it beloved truth? Because our deep suffering usually comes from the relationship problems. And the unity is a lesson of reconciliation. And we can't solve it ourselves. We depend on God's redemption. To live out this truth, we need to fully recognize the salvation, the grace, and the love. It's all from God. It's about salvation. It's about grace. It's about love. You may, see, you may say, these are all big words. How can I practice them? From my personal experience, I feel like some small practices are still my regular practices, uh, exercise. I'd like to share with you a small lesson to practice the beloved truth. Let me tell you a story first. It's a Jewish rabbi story. A Jewish rabbi taught his students a lesson of walking in light. He asked, 
How do you know you have enough light? One student answered, When I walk down the stairs at night, if my candlelight let me see the stairs so that I would not stumble, I know I have enough light. Another student answered after the first one. In the dawn, when I walked in a field, if I see a child playing and do not think it is a goat, I know I have enough light. <laughs> That's funny, but the teacher, the rabbi, shakes his hand and tells his student, when you look at a person and recognize that he is your brother in his eyes, you have enough light. Apostle John teaches whoever loves his brother lives in the light. And the rabbi inspires us how to practice the love lesson, which is to practice how to recognize the one you should love from his or her eyes. I believe this is a very useful small exercise. How to practice that? I myself got to know Jesus 24 years ago, and I have been saved and decided to follow my Lord for over 24 years uh, so far. I still have problems in the lesson of love. There are times I could not recognize someone as my brother, and I should love him. However, when the Holy Spirit reminds me, and I stare at his eyes, and I can find something from his eyes, and realize that I have love in my heart for him. Not just for strangers, even for, for my old children. <clears throat> Sometimes they drive me crazy. <laughs> and I lost my temper. How come I could not recognize my own kids? It is not because I don't have love for my kids, but for some reason, I could not imply, imply, employ my love for my children. When I realize it, I always wake up my deep love for, for them and forgive all the wrongdoings of them and love them deeply. This is the same practice when we have problem with someone we meet, whoever he is a stranger or friend, he is a colleague in our workplace, or a co-worker at the church. By salvation, the Lord has put his abundance love into our hearts. So we do have love in our hearts. When we meet, when we have problem with anyone, we just look at his eyes. It's not just to look, but also to think. Think of the blood Jesus shed 
for us. It is a special devotion practice, a devotion that changes our life. It's all about life transformation because we live on earth, the training ground. God chooses, God chooses us, saves us, blesses us, and transforms us so that we may use, he may use us to bless nations. He will achieve his goal to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one hand through our obedience. So it is our work to practice obedience, to practice the mysterious truth of unity and practice love, the lesson of love. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your salvation. You died on the cross to redeem us. You put your abundance, grace, and love in our heart so that we can love with one another. This is a hard lesson. This is a, a practice of the truth of unity. We need your help. Thank you for giving us the vision and give us the kindred community. Especially you give us the following six weeks to let all the three church brothers and sisters in you gather together. Please help us use the six weeks, uh, weeks with your wisdom to grow us into your fullness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.